0: You're listening to Splash with Shalen Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul.
1: Well, welcome to Splash. Welcome everyone. We are so happy you decided to listen today, and I am Shalen and I'm here with my buddy and Barbara, I'm Barbara Cameron. Cameron. <laughs> I love you, buddy. You're like getting more and more I know. I'm enthusiastic. Really getting into this, I know. I know. She <laughs> should do the intro, I think, from now on. I don't even know. But you know, I'm super excited about our guests, and I'm usually excited about all of our guests, but this is one of my hula hoop friends. Mm. And mm. I can count my hula hoop friends on one hand. So I am so excited to have in the splash zone with us this morning the one and only Lisa Chan.
2: <laughs>
1: Cause yes, you can.
2: Wow. You're
0: Lisa Chan. I'm going to try to bring my level of enthusiasm.
1: <laughs> you know, here's what's so crazy. All right. So first of all, Lisa Chan is married to my pastor of 20 years, Francis Chan, but seven, is it seven kids now? Yes. Up to seven kids. <laughs> yeah. And she's seven still, and still a size grand zero. Girl. And one grandbaby. Beautiful. Yeah. You no, know, I think her. that that's what it is. I was supposed to have more children and you stay younger. <laughs> There's like something in it. No, because even your sister in law, right? Christine, Paul's wife, yes. she looks freaky young. I know. And she had nine. She oh not, my goodness. goodness. All out of the same. Boom, boom. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Woo. Yeah. That's crazy. That's great. But I have to tell you something. I remember the first time I heard your name. Do you, do you know the story? No. Okay. So we had known Francis because my husband knew Francis from back in the Stockton, Sacramento days. And we were all at church and we invited him to join us for dinner because he was the comedy relief. You know, he's just hilarious. <laughs> this is when he had hair. And um, he goes, oh, I can't go. He goes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to help the church with the, with the sets. And I go, What? He goes, yeah, I'm going to help with the church show. There's a big Christmas performance mm-hmm, going to happen. Mm-hmm. Dan Perkins was heading it up. He goes, I'm doing the sets. I'm painting the sets. And I go, what's her name? <laughs> He's like, okay, okay. Her name is Lisa Lundgren. And they brought her in from Westlake because she's just a ringer. I mean, she's just this amazing singer <laughs> yeah. and she's just beautiful. And I'm like, Francis are you you're killing me right now? He's like, no, you got to meet her. I just, she's the one. She's the one. He didn't even really know you, but that's the first time I heard your name and he <laughs> was head over heels. And then I heard you sing mm. and it was all over. Mm. I mean, Thank the voice you. wasn't even out and all four chairs turned around. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Little lease, you've got like the voice, Thank the you. voice. Um, <laughs> uh, but some of you might just to give a little background, Lisa's, like I said, is the wife to Francis. Together in 94, they founded Cornerstone Church in Simi Valley and now head up some amazing ministries mm-hmm. in San Francisco, Project Bayview, a ministry for men and women just getting out of prison. And a church called We Are Church. And what I love about I this love church that. is there's no building because <laughs> the church is the people. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a mother of seven, a grandmother. She's an accomplished singer-songwriter with the most amazing voice. I mean, I would just play your CD when I had you know the CDs were big over and over and over. Least I loved your CDs. Do you still? Are you cutting anything right now? No. no okay. No. Like, <laughs> um, and you may mother have seen her featured in True Beauty, that series. Um, exploring the conflicts between how media and social and society define beauty versus mm. what the Bible tells us mm. beauty truly is and how to live it out. In 2014, which I'm excited to talk about today, Lisa authored a book with her husband You and Me Forever. Marriage in Light of Eternity. She's funny, wise, and a true servant of God. She's kicked my butt many times, right? Faith for the <laughs> wounds of a friend. So please welcome to the Splash Zone, one more time, Lisa Chan! Man! Yay! I just want you to know
0: that no one ever describes me as funny.
1: Yeah, you are. You are so, so funny. Let's lower those expectations. <laughs> See? I like that humor. That's the humor I like. Because Frances and I are similar in our humor, and so you and Bryce kind of bring it, balance us out. I think you're hilarious.
0: Uh, well, thank you, Chalene. Thank you. <laughs> At Francis, did you hear yes. that? <laughs> yes, he heard. So tell me one of the whole
1: things that is big right now in the church real quick, and then I want to get into the book and start really having our listeners be able to unpack um, what true marriage and relationship should look like in light of eternity, because we're all just exiting. But having a mega church, like Cornerstone went from, hi, we were meeting in someone's house. Mm -hmm. Then we were meeting in a cafeteria at Sinaloa Junior High School. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Yes. To then the Chuck E. Cheese thing on the strip mall. Mm -hmm. And then we went, I mean, it was like, it just exploded. What does that do? I mean, for you and Francis, when you're trying to have people look through you to him, matter of fact, one of the songs that I would listen to you sing was like, may people see through me to him. Mm-hmm. And yet people are coming to church to see you too.
0: Well, I think they definitely were coming to see my husband. <laughs> so I I definitely think the struggle was more real for him. Mm. Um, but as is the case with any great leader, he Always kept that heartbeat in our home of this is not about us. I think the thing about Francis that separated him, even from all the guys that I grew up in church knowing or dating or befriending, was he had a real fear of God. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. hadn't really encountered a, a lot one. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like he had a fear of God, like a real understanding that he answered to God, that God was watching and, um, And then he combined it with this love for God and Mm -hmm. he was committed to the word, loved God, but he had a fear of God. And I think because he just had that heartbeat, he brought that into our marriage, into our home. And so as Cornerstone grew and the attention just became greater and greater, I think um, just obviously by God's grace, we were held to that place of, if you want to say, trying to just maintain humility and an understanding Mm. that we're just his servants. Mm. We're just people of God trying to live it out and be authentic. And so, yeah, I really think that I owe a lot to my husband Mm. in just leading that charge. Mm. Yeah. And you
1: being a helpmate suitable girlfriend,
0: let's break it down. (laughs) Behind every great man is his wife. (laughs) And I
1: have to say, I am so proud um, of you two to be able to point to, because until I went to Cornerstone, every pastor of every church I'd ever grown up in left because he was having an affair, he embezzled money, so, something really tragic. And so growing up, and I knew that they were fallible. I was never putting my hope in my pastor, mm-hmm. but I thought, wow, like, does anyone get this thing right? Like, it kind of sucks. It was a little girl, and then growing up, I'm like, oh, what happened? My dad's like, he was banging the girl in the choir. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, dad, I didn't know all that. I'm only eight. But, <laughs> um, you know, but when Francis, when you two felt called by God to lead Cornerstone. First of all, the Bible came alive to me because Francis doesn't skip verses. I mean, this was a Bible teaching church, period. Mm-hmm. wasn't a Vegas show. You know what I mean? This was a Bible teaching church. And I would look so forward because we'd go through a book of the Bible. I remember when we went through Revelation,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was a two-year process. People left and they sent... No, Barbara, I'm not even kidding. They sent Francis and Lisa emails saying, we're not leaving the church. Just... Let us know when you're done with Revelations, because it's freaking us out. Mm. But Francis is like, yeah. I want you to know this. Yes. I would have to hate you for you mm-hmm. not to know what happens in
0: the end, mm-hmm. right? Do yeah. you know that I just have to interject? No, please. That just this last Sunday, when we met together in our home with the body of believers, we read the book of Revelation start to finish in one sitting. What? It took 45 minutes, <gasps> but we just read through wow. the book of Revelation, mm. and he was... And it's so interesting because particularly in that book, it says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the prophecy of this book, and blessed are the hearers. Mm. And he was saying, Isn't it so interesting that the enemy's plan would be to just get everybody freaked out about the book of Revelation? Like, let's just skip it. You know? I can't figure out who the dragon is and what's the horn. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's like how about we just Mm. read it and trust that God says, Blessed is the one who reads Mm. this aloud and who hears it. And we were so blessed, and then, you know, sitting wow. over lunch, we're just talking like, what stuck out to you? And it was so intriguing to hear what mm-hmm. everyone had to say. But just had to interrupt. So, you can there. I no, tell you something
1: that still stuck out to me from going through that study at Cornerstone back in the day? Was Francis shared in scripture that, you know, you think that when God is actually reigning here, you know, for those thousand years, and that. People are procreating. They say that there's enough people being like the grains of sand on a seashore, right? But that here you get to be with God, the music, the food, everybody. It's like you're in the presence of God. And then for a little while, they let Satan out, right? Mm-hmm. Is what it says. Correct me, Lisa, if I'm wrong. And he gets so many people to turn their back. The people that were created. Right there. Like people go, well, if you could see God, Shalene, I'd follow God. If I could actually meet with him, if I could, well, he was there. And he gets enough people. He says the numbers, the sand, grains of sand on the seashore to follow and be deceived. And you go, what? Are you kidding me? You were just reigning with God. Like you were rocking out. You had good music, and you had great films, and and great literature to read, and and nothing was tainted or polluted. And social media didn't have filters. You really look like that, and you know what I mean. It's like, and then you can the enemy can get out, and deceive us like that. Hmm. Isn't that crazy. Hmm. And so it's like we need to really be checking ourselves daily by just running to God and having us check ourselves because if you can get deceived and you were just hanging out with God the whole time mm-hmm. in his presence, what's deceiving me today? Right. Oh, it just, it just kills me. And that's why I love jumping into the book that you guys wrote. And I love the story behind it because I think we can get deceived in our marriages. I know early on, and I've been married almost 28 years and you held my hand through a lot of this lease. I had put my husband on a pedestal because I had a safety, safety man for a dad, not a godly man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He taught us safety stuff, which was great. But I, I was going to hell and he didn't mind that, I guess. I don't know. So when I married Bryce at 21, here was the first time I ever saw a man who actually loved God and loved me in a way that God loves me. And it was beautiful. Like it, it was so beautiful that I ended up elevating my husband mm-hmm. and putting him on a pedestal. And actually usurping God from his rightful place. And when we do that, whoever that person is, or that idol, or whatever the possession, or whatever you think you're running for, it has nowhere to go but off. Mm. So I love what you guys did. Was it your 20th wedding anniversary? Yes. Okay, so tell our listeners about, (laughs) you know, the big Tahiti trip you took. No, just kidding. (laughs) Um, Tell our listeners what you guys chose to do for your 20th wedding anniversary to celebrate.
0: Well, you have to understand that by this, Point of having been married twenty years, we God had given us many opportunities to be overseas, and mm. you know, you and I went to Africa together, That's right, girlfriend? Um, and a lot of life decisions and really life altering things happened the first time Francis came back from his trip to Africa, and then, you know, it wasn't just Africa; it was going to a lot of different countries. Anyways, I think when God opens your world like that and you see not only his church at work in all of these different contexts and with all of these different people, but you also see real actual poverty and people living with very little. Um, Yeah, that just opens up your heart and your mind in a whole new way. So fast forward to our 20 year anniversary and we're thinking, Okay, here's the big 20. What are we going to do? We've got to we're going to celebrate. Let's do something fun. But I think both of us knew that the happiest moments of our life were when we were together out of the country in a place where we were ministering together mm. and seeing God at work in these yeah. places. And so it was like, well, okay, it would be super fun to go to Tahiti or plan <laughs> this big trip. I mean, we definitely would love that too. Right. But we just knew that the most like blessed and happy times of our life were serving in that other context so we started saying what if we went to Ethiopia what if mm. we went to East Africa we uh, and what's interesting is i felt like many times even in some of our the other countries we visited i saw poverty but i had never been willing to actually see starvation and mm. i felt like i I kind of was just like closing that door like, I can't see mm-hmm, that, which right. mm-hmm. I get on people all the time about mm-hmm. saying I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I was saying it without saying it, um, feeling like I couldn't do that. And then I felt like the Lord had softened my heart and opened me to this place where I could say, okay, I'm ready to see the worst of the worst and let's mm-hmm. go and see actual like malnutrition and starvation and, and work with this organization mm-hmm. that was... Bringing relief and yeah, so I can't even describe that entire trip. It was amazing. Memories.
1: Well, I remember the picture that you guys showed of the child's
0: hand. What was it through like a? So there's a little measuring um, tool that they use, and you measure their um, arm, and they'll pull a whole crowd together and you know, when you pull the band, if it's green, that's a healthy range. If it's yellow, they're in danger. Mm -hmm. If it's red, they are very near to death. Like starvation will be (sighs) very close by. So as I'm walking around these crowds with these mommies with their little children and you're, you're separating (sighs) out. So when it registers red, I mean, these tiny, tiny little arms are like the size of a Mm. finger, you you know? Yeah. yeah, so that was what we were using to kind of distinguish which people needed to get into the program right away for assistance. Right.
1: Yeah. Ugh. My point about our church and Cornerstone
2: mm-hmm.
1: is that here you guys obeyed the Lord. God blessed Cornerstone in so many ways. I know the blessings just on my own family and my children who would sit in the front row and not go to Sunday school just to hear truth being taught. But you didn't leave because there was scandal, you didn't leave because. The church wasn't making any money or because Francis had an affair or you had an affair or you embezzled. No, you left at the peak. I mean, this is when you're like, okay, wait, you guys arrived. You worked from this. Remember, we were in a house and then we were in a school gym. Like, enjoy it. Like, smell the roses. Like, come on. And that's what, that's what the American dream says to do, right? Mm-hmm. You see what a lie it is. But you guys could hear a voice. It's very hard to hear a voice when you're being successful. Hmm. I want to know how you guys heard that. Because I think there's a lot of successful people listening right now that are killing it in their jobs and they're doing their work under the Lord and they love their wives and they love their church and they sit in the same seat and they Mm -hmm. volunteer. And yet God really is ready for them to move. How did you hear that? Because there was nothing wrong with our church. Mm
0: -hmm. Our church was thriving. I mean, it was just thriving. Yeah. And we Mm -hmm. loved Cornerstone and we felt loved. There was no... You were. You are. You still are. (laughs) I mean, that was a... Precious feeling to almost like a child, like you bring them up to this stage of, you know, releasing yeah. them to college. And it felt like this was, in a lot of ways, the Lord grew us up and we mm-hmm. all grew up together. And here we were 16 years later, mm. um, really knowing in our spirit that it was time to leave and. Um, you know, that was both scary, but also there's nothing like being confident when you are sure that God is the Mm -hmm. one who is leading. And so I guess to answer what you're saying is um, I'm still figuring out how to hear the voice of God. Um, But I I will say that I believe very strongly that you can only know and be confident that you are hearing from God if you are in the word Mm -hmm. And you are walking in the Spirit,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, and I think that that's how God speaks most clearly, I have personally found, is through His Word, His people, and His Spirit. So there's like this confirmation thing that starts happening when you are praying and seeking the Lord, and you're, you know, let's say you're reading in the Old Testament, and you're reading about Abraham and setting out, and all of a sudden God's Spirit is just... You know, your heart is racing and you're feeling like God is Mm -hmm. saying, It's time. Mm -hmm. I'm asking you to go. And, you you know, you're saying, What, Lord? It's time. We're supposed to go. And then you start slowly talking to one another. And I mean, Francis will say he was thinking this for a while before he even mentioned it to me. Mm -hmm. And when he first did, and I said, I have, I really feel like you're not going to stay here. This is not where God has you. I saw and felt like His gifts were going to be used in other ways. And so, well, then that put fuel on His fire to say, mm-hmm. oh, I am hearing from the Lord. There's this unity and camaraderie with my wife. And then we started hearing it from other people. And so I think I think what's so hard is so many people want to hear from God, mm-hmm. but they, they are not in the Word and they're not walking in the Spirit. And walking in the Spirit is as... That can sound, I guess, a little bit heebie-jeebie, like, well, what does that mean? But you keep in step with the Spirit by by putting to death your flesh, by mm. obeying, by doing the things that you know already that God has asked you to do. That's when you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, mm. like more and more of a Spirit-filled person, right? You are walking in the Spirit. That's what that means. And so together with the Word of God that comes to life, and then His Spirit working and speaking in you. And then his He uses His people, even in other places, countries, to confirm. I think of one story. Francis and I were going to speak at a Johnny and Friends retreat, Mm -hmm. and Jeff Morris was there. Yes. Didn't know anything of what Francis and I had talked about on our way down that day. and. We get to the hotel room. Francis was sick, so he was kind of holing up till he had to speak. And Jeff calls him on the phone and just says, "Francis, I feel like God wants me to tell you it's okay. If you leave, we will be okay." And Francis was like, "What?" <laughs> and yeah. So, <laughs> and uh-huh. so I feel like God is so kind; like He doesn't need to do things like that. Right. But all of a sudden, that puts like, "Wow, okay, Lord, yes, we hear you. You are moving and." And working in this way, you are leading us out. Um, So yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, in a beautiful way.
1: And then San Francisco, I mean, going into the Tenderloin, our family got to go and serve with you guys on Thanksgiving, one of those first years. Mm -hmm. And it's so amazing how you, we don't need to leave out of the country either. Mm. Like you don't have to leave out of the country to come face to face with the least of these. Mm -hmm. There's some pretty crazy stuff going on right here in the streets of our own state, mm-hmm. California, you know, but out of Tenderloin, is
0: that how Project Bayview was birthed? Yeah. So we were, you know, leaving the country, praying about where the Lord wanted us. to go to China or something. I mean, yeah, we anywhere. Were, we mm. almost went to Hong Kong. We were feeling pretty strong about that. And then um, it really seemed like God was speaking to Francis that he wasn't done with a few works in, in America and so we were heading back but knowing we wanted to be in a more urban setting um so we were looking at different cities ended up in San Francisco started working um in the Tenderloin you know knocking on doors in the SROs which is a single yeah. resident occupancy the there's yeah just yeah. a lot of drug addicts and um prostitutes homeless single moms um, it, it's just and yeah. can i just please say so that this doesn't sound like A fairy tale story that we were so humbled by inner city ministry. I mean, Mm -hmm. my heart goes out to people who have been doing it for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. I have so much to learn still. So we we are continually humbled by trying to figure out how to minister in that setting. We have Mm -hmm. not figured it out. Let me be very clear about that. Uh Um, But that was a huge, huge growing time for our family and for our older girls who went out. Knocking on these doors, sharing the gospel. As a mom, I'm kind of like, "How did you do that with your
2: children?" I mean, I mean, I guess because your your husband is and you are both so spiritually connected, um, and that you both heard from the Lord. I don't know. I know a lot of women would go, "I don't know, honey. Hmm. I don't know." Bringing all of our kids down here, or up here, into this kind of infested drug. Yeah. Deal in place. How did you and do you know,
0: that? It's so interesting because when I look at it now and I juxtapose the two, like being in in Simi Valley, um, safe city to all of a sudden transplanting into the tenderloin district and all of a sudden sin is just in your mm. face and it's very raw and very ugly mm. and the spiritual darkness was I've never, honestly, Mm. I had never felt it like that Mm. before. But I will say that, man, I almost would rather my children, like, yes, this is the end of it. This is exactly what it looks like. You see that poor young kid walking across the street (laughs) out of his mind. And I'm thinking that is somebody's son right there. Mm. And his pants are falling off and you can tell he's like trying to talk to himself. He's in the middle of traffic, you know, mm. and, and my kids are like, mom, why are his pants down? You know, and I'm sitting here mm. with tears in my eyes right now, but it's all very like somewhat comical and somewhat horrifying all at once. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, man, we need to pray because that young man, he's been taking drugs for so long, he can't, can't even, even think straight. Right. Wow. And so it's, for some people, it's like, well, I don't want my kids to see that. Well, I don't either. And yet I'm almost like, okay, Lord, let's show it to them. <laughs> yes, mm. let's say this is what it does. And, mm. and that's how much the enemy can... can. That's what it looks like uh, in what's happening internally with people in the suburbs but we just get to see it outwardly. like That's what's happening. He's wasting away and he's out of his mind. And so, yeah, we have learned to battle in totally different ways. We have had to pray and discuss things that we never would have prayed and discussed before. But I saw how God used that and continues to use that in my children's lives to yeah, they, they are exposed to a lot more, um, but they also know how to battle and pray in ways that they never mm. would have in this other setting. And so,
1: I mean, you wow. know, buddy, I mean, Lisa and Francis have brought convicted felons, homeless people to live. I know. Remember the guacs? Yes. To come and live in their house with their children. And I'm, she, get, she gave up her master bedroom. I'm like, okay, come on, Lord. Can I have one little sanctuary? I'm I'm opening my whole house, Lise. I'm hoping the whole house up. Can I have one room? And she moves into Zeke's room and gives her master bedroom so that this this couple that was kind of being reunited because he'd been in mm. prison uh for a long time could have kind of a a quiet, safe place mm. for their them and their children. I re- remember what I sent you in the mail? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I sent her a lock for a bedroom door. I'm like, you and the kids, when Francis is gone, lock yourself in there. Like, I don't even know, Lise. And I said, I said, Zeke, do you even have a lock on your? She's like, no. And I'm like, going online to Home Depot and, you know, she Amazon and shipping over. Yes, a lock. <laughs>
0: that is a good friend That's right there. That's a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> I <even laughs> just thought, even for some alone time, you know what I mean? But like, see, hello? Even that, it's so funny because. I could have in that situation been like, okay, the Lord is asking enough for uh, mm-hmm. for us to invite them into our home, which again, we were both very confident that this is what the Lord was asking us to do. But then as I was reading through scripture, not looking, but you know, when you're in the word yeah. and his spirit is working in you and I'm reading, you know, consider others more important than yourself. Mm-hmm. And immediately I think What's best for them, if I consider them more important than myself, is for them to have this space downstairs with two bedrooms for them and their three kids. That would be the most loving thing, and it would be the best for them. And it would be considering them more important than myself, right? So I'm like, okay, Lord. (laughs) Like, it wasn't just... This is real, people, just so you know. She's really real. (laughs) Looking at my bedroom, it was like the Lord had to work through his word and through his spirit Mm to bring about that conviction and that, you know, so I actually was the one that brought it to Francis and said, I feel like this is what God wants us to do. And he was kind of like, okay. Okay. (laughs) So. Wow. Yeah. Mm. No, and it's beautiful
1: because you do, you literally have to get your heart in such a place like George Mm -hmm. Mueller talks about, Mm. the 18th century pastor, that it has no will of its own Mm. in regard to any given matter. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Because it's not like God's going, oh, you're a terrible person. You kept your master bedroom. It was that he goes, I have something great I want to show you and give you, Lisa. Can Mm -hmm. you lay that down? And I think of all the things I'm holding as we're even having this discussion thinking, well, God gave it to me. It's mine. He entrusted it to me. I have to take really good care of it. (laughs) And yet he's like, why don't you drop that? Because I have so much more I want to show you and give you. And for me, having friends like you for over 25 years, it's like not often can I point at Christians and go, look at the chance. And I'm not meaning in a way that you're, 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 you suck and need a savior, Lisa, just like me. I know. Yes, I do. But, (laughs) but the fact that you are running the race set before you, fixing your eyes on Jesus. And it's so evident because it splashes over onto all of us. Your marriage, your life, your children who I love deeply, like they have splashed into my life and my kids' life and my marriage. And I think anyone that's encountered you would say the exact same thing. And it's weird because you guys are just staying on this little narrow road and just stuff happens. Mm. Like, look at Crazy Love. Two million, buddy, two million copies of Crazy Love. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just nuts. I remember being on the plane. He goes, yeah, I think I'm going to call it the crux. Or what was he going to call it? I'm going to call it this. I go, the crux. Don't call it that. And then, so then he's talking about things. And then it ends up becoming crazy love. Mm. But now, just recently, something that you guys have so modeled Mm. is your marriage, which is giving an accurate picture of the church, right? It's a bridegroom of Christ in you and me forever. And what's crazy is off of that trip you took for your 20th wedding anniversary, they are giving barb 100 percent of all the proceeds like everyone listening needs to go buy the book mm-hmm. if you know someone getting married if you're married mm-hmm. if you want to be married if you think <laughs> that you know anything about marriage you need to buy this book first <laughs> at you and me forever is it dot org
0: i don't oh, know oh yeah she doesn't know
1: <laughs> um because like i said they don't promote anything they just let jesus do that and <laughs> it gets some, two million sold but there is a cool video. I'm going to try to put it up on my site, um, on my website. When you go look, a cool video, music video that Francis and Lisa
0: made for this oh. book, a little book trailer. It's hot. It's a good. Yeah. It's uh, so good. That was fun. I no. just found out I was pregnant with my sixth. So <laughs> we were like, "Hurry up, film this video before I look really gigantic, pregnant <laughs> in a wedding dress." <laughs> it was such a cute Aww. video. But I want to say something about what you said before. I know we're we're yeah, talking no, marriage, but I just want to say that something Francis says all the time. Um, is well, it's not Francis. It's Scripture. It's without faith, it is impossible to please God. Mm. And when I think about decisions, like you're saying, you can look at our life, which I say, praise God. I mean, Paul did say, yeah, you know, imitate some. my example. If I'm if I'm going to follow Christ, you know, follow after me as I follow him. Right? I would love for that mm. to be true about my life, but I think it has to start with questions and thoughts like. Is there anything in my life that is requiring faith right now? Because it says without Mm. faith, it is impossible to please God. And that is... We could sit on that for a Mm. while, right? Wow. Um, But when you think about all the moms who are thinking, why would you bring your kids to the tenderloin? Why would you have someone like this live with you? And you guys, we're not making like just rash decisions to look good, like, oh, I'm just going to invite every prisoner I ever meet right. to live with me. Like, <laughs> right. That's not how it's working, right. you know? Right. But you don't start with the question, is this safe? That's right. Or, or even, mm-hmm. does this make sense to me? Or even, is this something I want to do? That mm-hmm. is not the question we ever start with. The question we start with, is this something God is asking me to do? Come on. And so I feel like that is like... I just want everyone to ask, be willing to ask themselves that once in your life. Like, just be willing to go there. Would this please God? Is God asking this of me? Mm. Because that will make you do ridiculous, crazy things That's that right. you never mm. thought you would do and would say in your mind, I can't do, which is my pet peeve, even though I've already confessed that I've said it myself, <laughs> but we have to stop saying it and we have yeah. to stop asking ourselves the wrong questions and thinking the wrong thoughts because God gets to come in and do crazy things with our lives and ask us to do crazy things that's right? That's and do crazy things. Have I said right. crazy enough? Let's do it. <laughs> crazy love. Let's crazy Me. love it up. <laughs> yeah. It is
1: youandmeforever.org, just so everybody yes. knows. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Lise, I mean, that's just truth, right? Because normally we wake up and say, what's in it for me? And what Mm -hmm. am I going to do? And who's going to see me do it? And do I get a promotion for it? And am I going to get paid? And am I going to get credit? And does anyone know that I did it? And this is why you and Francis are my hula hoop friends. Because I trust you. I've been on the front lines of your life. I've gone back behind the curtain and saw where the sausage was made. It's the real deal. You don't frost a manure cake. You live it out in your life. You splash that kind of love onto everyone around you. And it's amazing because God will... Put almost like a hedge of protection around your family. Because you guys do do some crazy things from the world standpoint. Mm -hmm. But when you realize who's in charge of your house, it's epic. You're like, well, oh my gosh, why am I not jumping into this? No wonder, because all 12 disciples love Jesus in the boat, but only one got to walk on the water and got out. The other 11 dudes are stuck in the boat. Mm. And I feel like we can get stuck in the boat so often and miss out on these walk on water moments of people he wants to bring by you, ways he wants to stretch us, grow us, rebuild us, restore us, renew our relationships, rebuild things in our life. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I just, ah, Mm -hmm. That's so good, buddy. I love it. (laughs) But I do want to talk about the motivation behind You and Me Forever and um, the book and and what got you you two writing that together because it's powerful. Mm. And there is a line in that book that tops any, the notebook by the Sparks guy, any (laughs) Disney movie, (laughs) any anything. I'm telling you, but I want you first to share the inspiration behind it. And then I'm going to share my favorite line in the entire book. Wow. That every every woman in the world would love Mm -hmm. to hear their husband say to them. Hands down. And when I told Barbara, she's like, I know which one you're going to say. She right away.
0: Yeah. I don't Mm -hmm. even know what you're going to (laughs) say. And you wrote it. Mm -hmm. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But how did you guys get this inspiration to do this? Well, this was actually one of the things that the Lord had put on Francis's heart when we were in Asia, thinking we were going to stay there. And he was like, we need to write a marriage book. Amen. Um, and I think doing ministry for 20 years and, um, as you know, Shalene teaching the, the excellent wife class mm. at our church for oh year after year after year um, and counseling through a lot of marriages. Um, you know, I think here's the thing. There's a lot of time spent on practical, like, relation, like person to person, there's a lot of material out there. There's a lot of, you know, right. figuring out your love language and which is awesome. We've all talked about it. Right. Um, but you can spend a lot of time working on communication and um, conflict resolution, intimacy, Date nights, you yeah. know, right. But if you don't have the big picture, mm. then all of those practical things kind of lose their their place and their value and they can be elevated or undervalued. Yeah. So we're, I I feel like we kind of approach this marriage book with like big picture like, let's get the big picture. Let's remember what's really going on here. Because we can talk practical all day long, but if you don't have the big picture, which is that your marriage is actually not about the two of you. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Didn't you see my invitation? <laughs>
1: my big photo book that weighs 50 pounds, the wedding video, the dress, the chandelier. You didn't see That's it? Right. All, huh? Woo! Yes. What a lie, huh?
0: Yeah. Mm. So if, if yeah, we just lose... We lose it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and so that was what motivated us to write the book. And we'd sit there and we'd pray and we'd talk about who were we writing to, who's out there. We, I mean, we would pray for those of you who have read this book and oh. in tears, like, God, could you use us, would you, to encourage and to speak truth and to remind people. Mm. So we would think about, I, I think it was almost like two big, broad groups, but like one group we're thinking, here's the couples that are just at each other's throats, just... <laughs> Fighting all the time, constant division, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we all know those couples, but then we were also saying, well, what about the other couple who get along so well? I mean, they're doing date night every week faithfully. Mm -hmm. They are just like planning their Mm -hmm. next trip together. It's all about them. Mm -hmm. And we're saying, you know what? Both groups have lost sight of the big picture. They're fighting all the time. They're enjoying each other so much that they, but they've both forgot about the kingdom Mm -hmm. and what they're here for Mm -hmm. and the mission and Mm -hmm. doing things that, that are going to, like set yourself up for eternity Mm -hmm. and, you know, that treasure. So anyways, that was kind of our heart in writing it.
2: Mm. That's good. When Francis shared about the most important thing for him is to make sure that his wife is received and the Lord say, well done. Mm. That he helped you. He was there for you to. Be part of that, and and to help you get there, because I think a lot of marriages, they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're...
1: no, but that was my favorite line in the book. I think, oh, that's I... so beautiful. Your sound, you, that's yeah. amazing.
2: I want to be that that woman that can pour into my husband and give him everything he needs, and I don't, and that's like probably what helped me to just renew and reconnect um, myself, my heart my relationship with the Lord um, to be the best wife that I can be so that my husband can finish well.
1: Mm. Wow. I mean, is that not the sexiest thing a man can say to his wife? Like, I want to be sure that at the end of your life, honey, that God looks at you and says, well done. Matter of fact, my mission as a man is going to be to make sure my wife hears that. I read that and I'm just like, what? Well, then, but listen,
0: I think, Barbara, for you to share like what I... Here in that is that you are thinking about being a giver, and a lot of mm-hmm. times in marriage we suddenly just become takers. You know, oh, wow. it's what am I getting? What are you and doing I, for me? Yes, it's just taking, taking, and you wouldn't ever say that, or even right. sometimes recognize it. Mm-hmm. But when you're saying that you want to be a giver to Robert and mm-hmm. to do everything that you can to help him in his even. With his walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you're not the spiritual leader, that is true, mm-hmm. but to hear your heart in that like God, would you let me be a blessing to mm-hmm. my husband mm-hmm. and a giver? That's huge to have that mindset. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. I I don't want to
1: miss our single folks listening either that mm-hmm. are just yearning. I mean, they just ache to be married. You know, the Bible says man should not be alone, you know. It's like it's good to have a partner. I want you to speak to that though at least because I, I was kind of born with the thing that you, you need to find a husband, you need to get married and you know get mm-hmm. the white picket fence and do that. I never knew the verse in the Bible that talked about if the two of you are not coming together to go forward and serve the Lord, then stay single.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I never even saw that before. Never even knew it existed. Single people might read the title and think that this isn't relevant for them. You and me forever. I can't even find someone for you and me for day for lunch. You know what I mean? So it's like, you <laughs> tell me... <laughs> I mean, so tell me, because this book, first of all, is so timeless, but your thoughts on that, on the, the single single woman listening, yearning for a man in her life, yearning to be married. She's lonely. She's depressed. She feels not worthy. Like, why, why is all my girlfriends, if I go to another bridal shower, if I go to another baby shower, I'm going <laughs> to kill the baby. You know, I mean, it's like they, they go, but they're like so bummed to be there. Hmm.
0: Hmm. I just feel like, God is big enough to understand that struggle and help you carry it. I mean, I love marriage. I can't lie. I think it's amazing. Um, and I think it's a god-given desire. so I think it's like navigating that that struggle in your heart is something that you each individual person has to wrestle with the Lord. Um, and I've spoken with uh, single women, I don't speak with single men, um, <laughs> but I've spoken with single women who just are real honest about the struggle being harder at times, um, but really seeing that the Lord does keep bringing them to a place of contentment and joy. And I just really try to bless that and, and champion that. I'm not going to say, hey, you should never feel lonely and this should never bother you. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, That is hard. Yeah but i would say I would say two things I would love to encourage them to to really think about the fact that their contentment in Christ could mm-hmm. have a huge impact on mm-hmm. others on non believers and in the church, yeah, and so sometimes we need to be reminded that the way that we are responding and acting is being seen by others, and you're being watched, and that is a good thing and so that's a motivation to me, like your contentment in christ and and fighting for that could be a huge blessing to many, many people um, inside and outside of the church. The other thing that I think about is Any one of us can get derailed by thinking too long about the wrong thing, right? Right, stinking thinking. Stinking thinking, that's right. Yes, oh my goodness. I saw a bumper sticker once that said, don't believe everything you think. (laughs) And I was like, yes, (laughs) that's so true. But the thought could be true. This is hard. I feel lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, Marriage is a good thing and I don't have it right now. Okay, these are realities and true, Right. But you think about that too long and then things start twisting into downward, selfish, depressed, You know, then mm-hmm. you you really are focusing on the wrong thing. You have mm-hmm. lost sight of the kingdom and you've lost sight of who God is. And so I mm-hmm. think one of the ways that you can fight that, any one of us, even if your marriage is right? in a bad place right now, would you please lift your heads up and think about who is God? What is God like? Because when you study God and when you lift your eyes up to who He is and what He is like, you think about His goodness, His mercy, His justice, mm. it blows your mind. And suddenly, you know, this big giant thought of yourself or your what you're lacking just... or what you don't have, it just finds its place. Like, right. no, I know God. I know God and He is for me. He is not against me and He can use me. I am His workmanship. I mm. belong to Him. I'm a child of God. And so Man, that's just something worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. So I would just yeah. say, man, study, study who God is and lift your eyes upward. Mm. Whew. See why she's so my hoo hoop friend? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I, I love, remember
1: love it. when you started doing Excellent Wife. And I wouldn't take it because I didn't like the title of the book. That's how immature spiritually I was in my 20s. I remember this. I know, but you remember what you did to me? So she asked me to do the study and I'm like, excellent wife, where's the excellent husband book? Let my husband read that first. He's the leader, remember? Let him read it. When he gets excellent, I'll become an excellent wife. And Lisa goes, "Shalene, you really need to come. And then I turned the book over and I looked at the woman who wrote the book and I go, her and I would have nothing in common. I can already tell just by looking at her. And Lisa goes, "Shalene, because I'm because I'm real with you, Lise. I mean, yes. that 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 verse in Proverbs <laughs> is so real. And so she does it the next year and she gives buys me a book. And she goes, Shaline, I really think you should take this with me. And I'm Lisa, I'm good. I'm good. So the third time, girlfriend comes back for more. Lisa's that friend. She'll just she's relentless in your life. She comes back and she had taken like, you know, the grocery store bags, Ralph bags that you cover your yes. books in high school. <laughs> she had wrapped the book and she brought it to me. She's like, it's what's inside. And I go, I'll take it. I think I, I took it eight it. times. It, it literally changed uh, my life. But your book and the practical applications and being able to hear your and Francis's voice mm-hmm, in there, mm-hmm. just the truth and the richness mm-hmm. of verses that I didn't even know were, existed. And I've been married 28 years. And mm-hmm. I've been married. I, like That's like one of my. Things I'm proud of is my mm-hmm. marriage. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. many things I'm not, but that is one thing where I'm like, God, you blessed me with my husband. Like mm-hmm. he is such an amazing, you know, leader, and he loves me well. And you've brought our marriages through so many things, and and I, I give God the glory for that. But I have to say, you and me forever. When you look at anything, I think if you're a parent, if you're a student, if you're getting married, if you are married, if you're a grandparent, if you you need to get the, if you're single, you need to get this book. At youandmeforever.org, and all the proceeds, so if you buy the book, are going to go to those kids in Ethiopia. So you're going to feel great about that mm-hmm. too. But we should look at every avenue of our life as women in light of eternity. Mm-hmm. What if I looked at the friend I was today in light of eternity? Mm-hmm. What if I looked at the neighbor? What if I looked at the homeless chick in light of eternity? Like what I say to my children, how I address, you know, my sister, mm-hmm. like any and everybody that crosses our path today. If we look at it in light of eternity.
0: Mm-hmm. Marriage
2: is about holiness, Hmm. not happiness. Mm. I always remember that. Yes. I love that.
0: Yes. That is so true.
1: Well, Lisa, I want to thank you for joining us in the Splash Zone,
0: and we want thank you to come back, please. Yeah, okay. please come back. come back, back, back,
1: back. Because I mean, it's weird to call her a grandma because she, <laughs> you know, know, she looks twenty. I know. Um, sure. yeah. But you do, dude. Yeah. It's it's pretty scary. I'm gonna put up a picture on my website. You're gonna see. Um, but thank you for joining us in the <laughs> Splash you, Zone. Lisa. I hope you this just felt awesome. loved and nice. keep splashing, everyone.
0: <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at ShaleneBryan.com.